Section 1 of Historic Adventure Tales from American History. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Greg Giordano. Historic Adventure Tales from American History by Rupert S. Holland. Chapter 1 The Lost Children. The valleys of Pennsylvania were dotted with log cabins in the days of the French and Indian Wars. Sometimes a number of the little houses stood close together for protection, but often they were built far apart. Wherever the pioneers saw good farmland, he settled. It was a new sensation for men to be able to go into the country and take whatever land attracted them. Gentle rolling fields, with wide views of distant country, through the notches of the hills, shining rivers, splendid uncut forests, and rich pasturage, were to be found not far from the growing village of Philadelphia, and were free to any who wished to take them. Such a land would have been a paradise, but for one shadow that hung over it. In the background always lurked the Indians, who might at any time, without rhyme or reason, steal down upon the lonely hamlet or cabin, and lay it waste. The pioneer looked across the broad acres of central Pennsylvania, and found them beautiful. Only when he had built his home and planted his fields did he fully realize the constant peril that lurked in the wooded mountains. English, French, and Spanish came to the New World, and the English proved themselves the best colonists. They settled the central part of the Atlantic coast, but among them, and mixed with them, were people of other lands. The Dutch took a liking for the island of Manhattan in the Hudson River the Swedes for Delaware, and into the colony of William Penn, came pilgrims from what was called the Palatinate, Germans, a strong race drawn partly by desire for religious freedom, partly by the reports of the great free lands across the ocean. They brought with them the tongue, the customs, and the names of the German fatherland, and many a valley of eastern Pennsylvania heard only the German language spoken. The Indian tribes known as the Six Nations roamed through the country watered by the Susquehanna. They hunted through all the land south of the Great Lakes. Sometimes they fought with the Delawares, sometimes with the Catawbas, and again they would smoke the calumet, or pipe of peace, with their neighbors, and give up the warpath for months at a time. But the settlers could never be sure of their intentions. Wily French agents might sow seeds of discord in the Indians' minds, and then the chiefs who had lately exchanged gifts with the settlers might suddenly steal upon some quiet village and leave the place in ruins. This constant peril was the price men had to pay in return for the right to take whatever land they liked. In a little valley of eastern Pennsylvania, a German settler named John Hartman had built a cabin in 1754. He had come to this place with his wife and four children, because here he might earn a good living from the land. He was a hard worker, and his farm was prospering. He had horses and cattle, and his wife spun and wove the clothing for the family. The four children, George, Barbara, Regina, and Christian, looked upon the valley as their home, forgetting the German village over the sea. Not far away lived neighbors, and sometimes the children went to play with other boys and girls, and sometimes their friends spent a holiday on John Hartman's farm. The family, like all farmers' families, rose early. Before they began the day's work, the father would read to them from his big Bible, which he had brought from his native land as his most valuable possession. On a bright morning in the autumn of 1754, he gathered his family in the living room of his cabin and read them a Bible lesson. 
the doors and windows stood open and the sun flooded the little house built of rough boards and scrupulously clean the farmer's dog vosser lay curled up asleep just outside the front door and a pair of horses already harnessed stood waiting to be driven to the field birds singing in the trees called to the children to hurry out of doors they tried to listen to their father's voice as he read and to pay attention as they all knelt he prayed for their safety then they had breakfast and the father and mother made plans for the day mrs hartman was to take the younger boy christian to the flour mill several miles away and if they had time was to call at the cabin of a sick friend the father and george went to the field to finish their sowing before the autumn rain should come and the two little girls were told to look after the house till their mother should return little christian sat upon an old horse held on by his mother and waved his hand to his father and george as he rode by the field on his way to the mill the girls like their mother were good housekeepers they set the table for dinner and at noon barbara blew the big tin horn to call her father and brother as they were eating dinner the dog vosser came running into the house growling and acting as if he were very much frightened mr hartman spoke to him and called him to his side but the dog stood in the doorway and then suddenly leaped forward and sprang upon an indian who came around the wall the peril that lurked in the woods had come john hartman jumped to the door but two rifle bullets struck him down george sprang up only to fall beside his father an indian killed the dog with his tomahawk into the peaceful cabin swarmed fifteen yelling savages barbara ran up a ladder into the loft and regina fell on her knees murmuring herr jesus herr jesus the indians hesitated then one of them seized her and made a motion with his knife across her lips to bid her be silent another went after barbara and brought her down from the loft and then the indians ordered the two girls to put on the table all the food there was in the cabin when the food was gone the savages plundered the house making bundles of what they wanted and slinging them over their shoulders they took the two little girls into the field there another girl stood tied to the fence when she saw barbara and regina she began to cry and called in german for her mother while the three frightened girls stood close together the indians set fire to the cabin very soon the log house that had cost john hartman so much labor was burned to the ground when their work of destruction was completed the indians took the three children into the woods at sunset mrs hartman returned from the flour mill little christian riding his horse but when she came up to the road it seemed as if her house had disappeared yet the pine trees the fences the ploughed lands and the orchard were still there the little boy cried where is our house mother and the poor woman could not understand the story of what had occurred was only too plain to her a few minutes later what had happened to many other pioneers had happened to her family clutching christian in her arms she ran to the house of her nearest neighbor there she heard that the indians had left the same track of blood through the other parts of the valley that farmers had been slain their crops burned and their children carried off into the wilderness the terrified settlers banded together for protection for weeks new stories came of the indians massacres if ever there were heartless savages these were they did not carry all the children to their wigwams some were killed on the way and among them was little barbara hartman word came from time to time of some of the stolen children but there was no word of regina or susan smith the daughter of the neighboring farmer far in the forests of western new york was the camp of a great indian tribe the wigwam stood on the banks of a beautiful mountain stream broken by great rocks that sent water leaping in cascades and falls in one of the wigwams lived the mother of a famous warrior of the tribe and with her were two girls whom she treated as her daughters the name of the old squaw was shilakla which meant the dark and rainy cloud a name given her because at times she grew very angry and ill-treated every one around her fortunately 
there were two girls in her wigwam and when the old squaw was in a bad temper they had each other for protection the older girl had been given the name nisakwihana or the white lily and the other was known as nolaska the short-legged bear like all the indian girls they had to work hard grinding corn cooking and keeping house for the boys and men who were brought up to hunt and fight sakwihana was tall and strong spoke the language of the tribe and looked very much like her indian girlfriends in the meantime many battles had been fought through the country of the pioneers and the english colonists were beating the french and indians and driving the frenchmen farther and farther north in seventeen sixty five the long war between the two nations ended under a treaty of peace the english colonel Boquet demanded that all the white children who had been captured by the indian tribes should be surrendered to the english officers so one day white soldiers came into the woods of western new york and found the wigwams there the children were called out and the soldiers took the two girls from the old squaw shilakla then they went on to the other tribes and from each they took all the white children they carried them to fort duquesne the fort was in western pennsylvania and as soon as it was known that the lost white children were there fathers and mothers all over the country hurried to find their boys and girls many of the children had been away so long that they hardly remembered their parents but most of the parents knew their children and found them again within the walls of the fortress some of the children however were not claimed sakwihana and her friend nolaska and nearly fifty more found no one looking for them and wondered what would happen to them after they had waited at fort duquesne eight days colonel boquette started to march with his band of children to the town of carlisle in hopes that they might find friends farther east or at least kind-hearted people who would give the children homes he sent news of their march all through the country and from day to day as they traveled through the mountains by way of fort ligonier raystown and loudon eager people arrived to search among the band of children for lost sons and daughters when the children came to carlisle the town was filled with settlers from the east the children stood in the market-place and the men and women pressed about them trying to recognize little ones who had been carried away by indians years before some people who lived in the blue mountains were in the throng and they recognized the dark-haired indian girl nolaska as susan daughter of mr smith the farmer who had lived near the hartmans nolaska and sakwihana had not been separated for a long time they kept together ever since the white soldiers had freed them from the old squaw's wigwam sakwihana could not bear to think of having her comrade leave her and susan clung to her adopted sister's arm and kissed her again and again the white people were much kinder than the old squaw had been and instead of beating the girls when they cried and frightening them with threats the officers told sakwihana that she would probably find some friends soon and if she did not that perhaps susan's family would let her live in their home but as nobody seemed to recognize her sakwihana felt more lonely than she had ever felt before meanwhile mrs hartman was living in the valley with her son christian who had grown to be a strong boy of fourteen neighbors told her that the lost children were being brought across the mountains to carlisle but there seemed little chance that her own regina might be one of them she decided however that she must go to the town and see travel was difficult in those days but the brave woman set out over the mountains and across the rivers to carlisle and at last reached the town marketplace she looked anxiously among the girls remembering her little daughter as she had been on that autumn day eleven years before but none of the girls had the blue eyes light yellow hair and red cheeks of regina mrs hartman shook her head and decided that her daughter was not among these children as she turned away disconsolate colonel boquette said to her can't you find your daughter no said the disappointed mother my daughter is not among those children are you sure asked the colonel are there no marks by which you might know her none sir she answered shaking her head colonel boquette considered the matter for a few minutes 
did you ever sing to her he asked presently was there no old hymn that she was fond of the mother looked up quickly yes there was she answered i have often sung her to sleep in my arms with an old german hymn we all loved so well then said the colonel you and i will walk along the line of girls and you shall sing that hymn it may be that your daughter has changed so much that you wouldn't know her but she may remember that tune mrs hartman looked very doubtful there is little use in it sir she said for certainly i should have known her if she were here if i try your plan all these soldiers will laugh at me for a foolish old german woman the colonel however begged her at least to try his plan and she finally consented they walked back to the place where the children were standing and mrs hartman began to sing in a trembling voice the first words of the old hymn alone and yet not all alone am i in this lone wilderness as she went on singing every one stopped talking and turned to look at her the woman's hands were clasped as if in prayer and her eyes were closed the sun shone full upon her white hair and upturned face there was something very beautiful in the picture she made and there was silence in the market-place as her gentle voice went on through the words of the hymn the mother had begun the second verse when one of the children gave a cry it was sakwihana who seemed suddenly to have remembered the voice and words she rushed forward and flung her arms about the mother's neck crying mother mother then with her arms tight about her the tall girl joined in singing the words that had lulled her to sleep in their cabin home alone and yet not all alone am i in this lone wilderness i feel my saviour always nigh he comes the weary hours to bless i am with him and he with me even here alone i cannot be the people in the market-place moved on about their own affairs and the mother and daughter were left together now mrs hartman recognized the blue eyes of regina and knew her daughter in spite of her height and dark skin regina began to remember the days of her childhood and the years she had spent among the indians were forgotten she was a white girl again and happier now than she had ever thought to be next day nolaska now susan smith and sakwihana or regina hartman went back to their homes in the valley many a settler there had found his son or daughter in the crowd of lost children at carlisle end of section one Recording by Greg Giordano, Newport Ritchie, Florida.